I want to ask you a question. How are you doing today? Better every day. Now, you guys, did you, did you really do it? You know, Cameron asked, are you repeating that, saying better every day, or what's your response, you know? I kind of was telling you guys that what I really wanted you to do through this message is really to challenge yourself to look at your life in a way where you would actually believe it, that you would think that you have hope for a better tomorrow every single time. So, I told you last week when I sp- started speaking this message that anybody that knows the Grapers and knows me, you know that we live a pretty crazy, busy life. And that's an understatement. I actually was thinking today, as I was uh, cleaning my house, I can honestly tell you, I don't remember the last time I sat down in my house and just watched a movie. I don't even have a memory of it. I couldn't even tell you. It's been so long. But you know the thing is, that's just the way life goes sometimes. This week was no exception. This week was kind of crazy because everything kind of just intersected where I had all these things to do. And uh, it was kind of a crazy, busy, hectic life. But you know what I can honestly tell you? I felt uplifted. And I felt strengthened somehow. And I really do believe a lot of it was perspective. Just more perspective that I thought things were going to be better and that they would be better every day. Well, I told you last week that the reason why this message kind of came about the title especially, is because I started listening to um, a man named Chris Brown. And I told you this is not the Chris Brown, Rihanna Chris Brown. This is a Chris Brown who teaches about stewardship, true stewardship. And what it is is, is teaching the fact that we can honor God through our finances. And what he does is when these callers call in to ask him for advice, he asks them how they're doing and they usually say how they are, and then they ask him how he's, how he's doing, and he always answers the question, I'm better every day. And what was really bizarre to me, like I said, is the very first time I heard it, I don't know what it was, but I actually cried. I cried when I heard it, and I thought, why is this response happening? Why this feeling that I have, that I want to be emotional when I hear those words? And I started to think, I think because I kind of feel homesick somehow when I hear those words, that I'm better every day. And so I started to think about how it is that I would answer that question, how are you? How are you? And over the summer when I'd listen, I'd listen all the time, and every time he said better every day, it kind of took me off guard a little bit because I was thinking, maybe he's going through something like a sickness and he's better every day. You know, because for some reason we like to like, find reasons why people could be that happy. Well, there has to be some bigger reason. It can't just be life, you know. So I was thinking, why is it that God was making this comment so huge to me? Where it was kind of like a neon sign, you know. It was like, don't forget this. Don't miss this better everyday thing. So I started to really wonder, why couldn't I say that? Why couldn't I say I'm better every day? And could I actually become better every day? And then truly believe it. Not just say it, not just be fake or phony, but actually believe that I could be better every day. So last week, I kind of challenged everybody to really say that you're better every day, even if you didn't really believe it, but you kind of said it, you know, to see, like, give you somebody hope. And I, I talked to a few people, and they said there's people that actually were, like, taken aback when that response was given back to them because they're like, really, they look at you like, hmm, because for the most part, people don't have a lot of hope. They kind of think that the world is just a treadmill 
And it's hard to, you know, hard to get any rest, hard to get any enjoyment. And I also asked if you would read Psalm 23. Now, how many of you guys out there read Psalm 23? I'm going to tell you, Psalm 23 is amazing. So anyway, I started to prepare this message this week and thought about what I was going to teach. And I decided to do a little study. And what was great about it, it was really something that was so easy. No one knew I was kind of like keeping track what I was doing. But I would ask people that I'd come into contact with, and I'd say, how are you today? And you know what the biggest response was that I got? I'm good. I'm good. And I thought, that's an interesting response, isn't it? How are you today? I'm good. Well, I've said that same thing. How many times have you guys said that when someone says it? I'm good. But it's kind of an interesting thing because there's so much wrong with that response. There's so much wrong with it that we don't even stop and think that there's something wrong with it. What's wrong with it, first off, if you ever went to English class, you know you can't be good. You can only be well. Right? So if you ever went through English, you know that that doesn't work. So good doesn't work good in that respect at all. So, secondly, the Bible actually tells us in Luke 18, 18 and 19, when a certain ruler asked Jesus the question, he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responded with, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So isn't it interesting that we call ourselves good, and God says, you're not good. You're not good. No one is good. Only God is good. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to trip over that, because I can tell you every single time someone said to me, I'm like, good, good. And I'm like, okay, not good, Deb. You're just teaching us, and you can't keep saying good. But it kind of trips you up. So we can't even be good. None of us can. Only God can be good. Which kind of brings me to my point, the fact that we can only become better. Right? We can't be good because none of us are good. So we can only become better and then become better every day. So it's like this challenge really to move yourself in a direction to really be better every day. Because you're never going to be good. It can't happen. I want to think about, think about it this way. How many of you guys ever went to Home Depot and bought paintbrushes? If you buy paintbrushes, you can see what Home Depot does. They have paintbrushes laid out. Good, better, and best. They have them there for you to look at every single time. You can find them, see them, you're like, okay, which one do we do? And of course, we always want the cheapest one because no one wants to spend any money. But then we're like, ah, maybe I should go with the better one. And if I do the best, maybe the best would really make this job easy. This is what we think. Truthfully, in paintbrushes, I can tell you, good's really not that good. It really isn't. It's not really that good. It's the better or the best one that's probably going to get the job done the way you want it done. The good one's probably not going to cover up the way it should. It's not probably going to do the, the, the best job. A good one's probably going to lose its bristles as you're painting. How many of you guys had that experience happen? Where all of a sudden you're painting, you're looking, there's bristles all in your paint, and you're like, well, this is terrible, and you're picking them out. And a lot of times you use the good one, and you know what you have to do? You have to go back and you have to do the job twice. Do it again, because it didn't cover well enough the first time. So I want you to think of your life in terms of Home Depot paintbrushes. That's what I want you to do. Good is definitely not good enough. You can only become better and strive to become the best. 
Otherwise, your life will be messy. You'll be doing things over and over and over again instead of just doing it right the first time. Now, I, I have this real, I'm a paint snob. I'm just a paint snob, I'm a paintbrush snob. I want bare primer paint in one. I want the best. I, I, I just fall for every trick in the book with that. I'm like, yeah, because I hate painting. So I'm like, I'm getting the best one and it's going to cover the best. Now I'm getting the paint, best paintbrush. So when you think of your life and someone says you're good, you have to stop and think, I'm not good. I can only become better to become, hopefully, someday my best. So we obviously can't make it through our own efforts. It has to be with God's help that we walk this, this thing called earth here. See, the thing is, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know the fact that we're not good. We have to have a perfect Savior to die in our place so that we can become better. And then ultimately, someday when he comes back for us, we get to be the best us that we can be when we get to be with him. That's how it all works. So to be better, we have to have the one true good one because it's his better that is going to actually help us to become our best. So without the shepherd, without his help, we won't make it. We have to have the shepherd's help. This is what goes back to Psalm 23. The one of the things I wanted to mention is there's two very, really important, necessary things we need to do in our lives after we follow Jesus. One I talked to you about last week, the fact that we need to trust Jesus. We really do have to trust him. We have to have assurance. We have to have confidence in our salvation. We have to have the knowledge and belief that we truly believe that God died for us. And out of that, we have this confidence that we, we, that we walk around with, knowing that we're forgiven. And that, you know what, despite the world craziness and all the things that are going on, that he ultimately has the control. And he, like I said last week, we win. We win. God wins. So we have to have that in our life. We have to have the confidence. We have to have the assurance so that we can actually continue on and have the endurance to make it to the end. But the other thing that no one wants to ever think about, this is what's really tough, and this is where it's going to be like, oh, great, she's going to talk about this. The other thing we need to do to follow Jesus is we need to obey. That's what we need to do. We need to obey God. And see, there's an old hymn that actually says, trust and obey, because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. That came upon my mind a lot this week, because I thought, you know, it is really that simple. That we trust in the fact that we've been saved, forgiven. We walk through God's righteousness, and then we obey. We obey him. We do the things that he would want us to do, because he knows best. Father knows best. That's what it's about. So Psalm 23. Let's read it again. It's in the NIV. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You rot on your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we read this, we can see the fact that there is such confidence in that. The fact that, you know what, the Lord is my shepherd. Saying that, believe in it. Trust in the fact that you have a God who's shepherding you. That's going to lead you where you need to go 
that's going to take care of you, that's going to actually like help you to be refreshed because he's going to take you places where you need to be and he's going to make you sit when you don't need to go. See, the thing is, we have a hard time understanding the fact that God used this idea of sheep with us as humans. We as sheep. And we're thinking, you know, that's kind of a weird thing. Sheep, why did he compare us to sheep? Doesn't sound really that great. I mean, obviously, there's no sports teams out there called, you know, the Miami Sheep. You know, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like, you know, there's no big sports teams. It doesn't sound that, like, amazing. You know, like, like, yeah, the sheep. It's not there. But it's because, you know what? Because we're flawed and we're, we're really not that great. God kind of, like, showed the fact that we need help. So we're like sheep. That's what it is. First Peter 2.25 says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. God is our shepherd, which means we are just sheep, and we need him to help us. And When we read this scripture reference, you can see the fact that he's going to help us through all those places. The green pastures, he's going to be there. He's going to help us to, to be refreshed, and he's going to lead you beside quiet waters. You know, it's said that sheep don't drink out of moving water. They won't. They just won't do it. So if there's a rapidly running water, they just won't drink. They just refuse. We're, we're just the same way. We don't refresh ourselves when it's crazy, don't we? We need to be still, and then we'll drink. He guides me along right paths. For his name's sake. The shepherd. Even though you're going to walk through the dark valley, the fact that he's got a rod there and he's got a staff, he's going to protect you. That's what he's about. That in itself is comfort. When you think about the rod and the staff, the staff is an interesting thing because it's obviously the shepherd's hook, which obviously can yank us out when we're going the wrong direction. But the rod is there to protect us against our enemies. And also probably every now and then to give us a little whack when we need it. Sometimes we need a little bit like, eh, wrong direction, that way instead. When he talks about the fact that we have enemies, we know this world is crazy. We know we're going to have enemies. There's people that are just going to just feel like they're, they're thwarting you on every angle. They're just there to just kind of make your life miserable. And you're like, what's up with that? But see, the thing is, we have the shepherd. He says he's just going to make you just chill and relax because you're going to have this assurance of God that's on your side. The also thing he says, you anoint my head with oil. That means, you know what, he's going to give you the things that you need. You're going to be refreshed. You're going to know what it takes to fight your battles because he's going to give you those things. And the fact that he's going to follow you all the days of your life. Like I say, it's not just the fact that we get to go to heaven, which is awesome and amazing and and, and worth everything, but the fact that if we follow God, he actually helps us along the way, that he's going to give us goodness and love. So humans and sheep, they have a lot in common. We can see why God used those, that visual, that parable, the idea of that. My point is the fact that, you know what, you cannot make it by being good. Good won't work. So when you talk about being good, you're talking about your own efforts. What you're doing is you're talking about really pride, the fact that you can make it. 
See, a sheep just counts on the shepherd all the time. Don't move. It doesn't make decisions. It just kind of goes where it's supposed to go because the shepherd tells it where to go. See, we as human beings, we love to always say, but I know better. I want to go this direction. I want to this. Sheep just, you have to listen. You have to listen to the shepherd. And it's yielding to the shepherd that's going to actually make it work. The one thing that I noticed when I went back and was rereading Psalm 23 over and over again, I thought it was really kind of interesting because if you read, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The next thing it says is, he makes me. Not he lets me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So it's the shepherd who makes me lay down and who leads me beside still waters, who refreshes me and guides me where it is that I need to go. It's submission. It's the fact that we have to obey. That's where a lot of us get into trouble. A lot of us want to claim forgiveness in Jesus, but we really don't want to submit to the Savior, to the shepherd. We want to just sit there and say, yeah, I'm forgiven, but I still want to go this way. And the shepherd's hook only reaches so far. And he's like, you keep going out of my reach. You keep going too far. I can't catch you. You're not obeying me. I think that's the reason why a lot of us aren't better every day. Because we say we trust, but then every day we get up and we don't obey. We don't obey God. God has a better way for us, but it's submission. It's the idea that we submit to him, that we say your way, God, better than my way. So a lot of the problem that I think that we have and one of the reasons why we don't live a better life every day is because you won't let the shepherd shepherd you for the most part, you won't let him lead. You keep trying to go your own way. And because of that, you'll never be refreshed. You're just going to continue to live in fear every day. Fear, paranoia, everyone's out to get you. You're going to resent being told no. And you're going to want to walk all the time in the dark valleys. You're going to want to keep going off all the time. Then you're going to want to go back and claim that God's with me. And he's like, man, this time you're on your own. You walked a little too far. The shepherd hooks can't even reach you no more. And a lot of times what happens is we don't even ask God out of embarrassment. We don't ask God as Christians to even anoint us and give us the things that are going to help us to fight the battles. Now, I don't understand. Like When we get up here and we, we worship God... There should be something inside us that really wants to do it. If we're, if we're constantly embarrassed and we won't ask God for help, it's like, I don't think we're going to ever become better every day. We need his help to, to survive and to make it. To be better, you have to let go of the idea that you're good enough. And that's for both the sinner who's never, ever said that they've accepted Jesus as their Savior, and it's also for the person who said it a long time ago, and said that they believed it once, but then they've never truly humbled themselves enough to let God even lead them. They're always going their own way. Always. And then they wonder why life is constantly just kicking them around, beating them up. It's like that's because you're not listening to the shepherd. You keep going the wrong way over and over again. I believe that there's really a way to get better. I believe the only reason why we've even survived the fact that I can not even remember a time where I've sat down and watched a movie, I really, the only reason why we've even been able to make it is because of the fact that it's through God's refreshment that we're able to do what we do. Like I said, 
Why he called us was nothing because we're brilliant. We're just a band of misfits. The only thing we were willing to do was do it. Walk on, continue on, follow after God. That's what it was about. And also to stop and be refreshed. It's giving God control over you that's going to make the difference. It's submitting yourself. I know Cameron's like me. It's like before I come up here, it's like, God, give me boldness. You speak through my mouth. You take over my heart. You take over my brain, my soul, everything. Through me, let me speak the way you want me to speak. I submit. I give myself to you. You do what you need to do, God. It's given control over to God. That's how you're going to make it. That's how you can actually become better every day. By letting the shepherd shepherd you. That's what it's all about. Like I said, God knew what he was talking about when he compared us to sheep. Because sheep always have a tendency to wander off and get lost. Always. And that's kind of scary when you think about it. Because if he compares us like sheep, we can see that the Bible actually says that the road to hell is wide and broad, but the road to heaven is very narrow and very few will find it. So these sheep, are you going to make it? Are you going to travel the narrow road? Or are you going to always go the broad one, off on your own? Sheep are helpless creatures who cannot survive without their shepherd. We can't either. This world's a crazy place. What's your anger? What are you holding on to? What what is your assurance? What is your trust? If it's in yourself, you know what? We're going to fail. I've lived that life of thinking I could make it on my own. When I realized, you know, it's such a, a freeing thing to just know that God's in control, that you don't have to worry about it. But I really think one of the reasons why people don't have a better every day is because, you know what? They don't trust in the Savior and the shepherd every day. They keep trying to do it on their own. Sheep are slow animals who can't escape their predators because they have no defenses. Think about a sheep. It's not like a tiger or a lion where they have claws. It's not why they have big jaws where they can bite. They don't have thick skin like a crocodile to protect themselves. Sheep are pretty helpless when you think about it. They have no defenses. No way to really fight, except for the trust that they put in their shepherd. That's it. That's all they got. Isn't that interesting that God uses sheep in that way for us to remember the fact that you have no defenses. You think you do. You may think, I can fight and I can can win and I can slay any enemy. And he says, no, not without my help, you can't. You may win a small little battle, but you're not going to win the war. You need me. So if you read Psalm 23 again, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you read that, do you make it yourself? Does it make it, do you make it yours? That's what we have to do. We have to look at that and we have to think, yes, that's my Savior. That's my shepherd. With his help, I'm going to survive. 
the world's crazy, and you know what, there's never enough money, and there's never enough this, and there's never enough that. If you take your eyes off the shepherd, you know what, you're just going to fall. You're just going to fall victim to the wolves. That's what's going to take place. You have to get up in the morning, and you have to really pray through your day. I will tell you, think about your day. God, I know you're going to go before me. You are going to walk before me and you're going to take my battles and you're going to help me win before I even get there. You're going to bless me. Because you know, the thing is, God only disciplines those he loves, his children. Sometimes when we go through these battles, like I said last week, the fact, you know, when you drop your fries and you feel so miserable because you're like, dang, those are my fries and I wanted those and I told you, I said, maybe that's just God feeding the birds. You know, sometimes, you know, with these battles that we go through, maybe the whole point of these battles is really just to keep our eyes on the shepherd. He's like, every time I give you a battle to fight, every time you look at yourself and how you're going to get out of it, all I want you to do is look up. Look up at me. Trust me. If you put me first, I can help you through these things. But see, the thing is, we always think we can do it on our own. I've done that so many times, trying to work my things out and and. Go faster and do everything, and you know what? It doesn't work. You just get exhausted. You need God to do what he needs to do in your life. You need to put him first. I pray like crazy. I'm like, God, I know you're going to do great things today. I know you're going to like bless me beyond measure. You're going you're to just pour blessings on me. And you know what? I really believe that a lot of our words that we say comes back to us. I think a lot of times if we're so negative... And always so miserable, and so woe is me, and all my life is horrible. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And he's like, yeah, I know, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You know why? Because you're not saying, with God's strength, I know I can make it. With the shepherd's help, I can make it. But the fact that, you know what, he's going to watch and guard my step. When I start to go too far in that dark valley, he's going to say, nope, not that way. And I'm going to say, okay, God, you're right. I'm going to go follow you instead. That's what it's all about. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep because he loves them. He loves them. God loves you. You know, he said, the Bible says he loves even the vilest of offenders. He loves the worst. It doesn't matter if you, just because you've accepted him as your savior that he loves you. He loves you if you're horrible. He loves you if you're great. That was one of the things that I really struggled with. I remember I was seven years into this following Jesus thing. And I remember we were upstairs, and it was at the church, and we were painting the youth room. And I remember thinking to myself, you're kind of getting this whole thing figured out, Dad. You're kind of getting it figured out. And I'm like thinking, you know what? I think God's pretty pleased with me. And then I thought, after a while, God took me down another road, showed me a little bit more, and I'm like, He's not pleased with me just, I mean, he's not loving me because I do something right. It doesn't matter. He might be pleased, but he doesn't love me more. If I read my Bible every single day and somebody doesn't read their Bible, you know, he loves us the same. His love doesn't change. That's what's so amazing. God is so good. He loves us. The reason why we go through tough times sometimes and the reason why sometimes the struggles hit us and we're like, why God, why? It's really because he, we're his children and he disciplines those he loves. The Bible tells us that. But why is sometimes we look at God like he's a punisher? Like he's the wolf sometimes out to get us. And he's not. 
You know, the one thing about a shepherd, he doesn't drive the sheep like a cowboy drives cattle to get them where he needs to go. He leads them. He leads them. He just, this way. That's what he does. He doesn't punish and pull you and beat you to get you to do things. He leads you. And we're supposed to follow. Maybe the reason why we're not better every day is because we're not following. We're not following close enough. If we keep close to the shepherd, you know what? We're not going to lose sight of him. He goes this way. It's right up around the corner. You've got to run to catch up. The problem is what happens is we keep lagging behind. And all of a sudden, we get someplace up this little bit of a mountain. We're like, I don't know which way he went, left or right, straight. Where's he at? I don't know where he's at. So the thing he says, keep me in sight, the shepherd. Keep the shepherd in sight, and you're going to stay close to him. So we can live a life better every day if we put our confidence in God, our trust, our assurance. So we have endurance. That's what it's about. Confidence. God is your God. He's your shepherd. But also we need to obey him. I've had so many people, I can tell you as being a pastor, there's so many times where I'm not trying to be rude, but I've had so many people come up to me and saying, I'm struggling, I'm having this and this. And truthfully in my brain, I can tell you a lot of times I'm like thinking, it's because you didn't obey you didn't obey. And you want God to bless something that he doesn't think is right. We keep wanting God to put a stamp of approval on things that we're doing wrong. It's like, just make it work for me, God. And he's like, no, that's not how I work. I still have justice also, and I still have the way that we're supposed to live. You're still supposed to follow. So it's that. It's, it's, it's confidence and trust, but it's also obeying what God set before us to follow after him. So, I want to ask you, how you doing? Better every day. Exactly. Start believing it. Start following God. Start trusting in the fact that you have a good God that loves you. And sometimes it's going to probably give you a good whack from time to time. But then also, the fact is just start believing that God has better for yourself. Start thinking that you have better every days. Don't constantly just think that life is miserable and horrible. Like I said, who would want to follow you as a Christian if that's the kind of personality you have? You know, no one wants that. Keep reading Psalm 23. Keep reading it. It it does something to us. It really does. When you read that, it gives you confidence. Print it out. Put it on your mirrors. Think about it. Even if you don't eat anything else in the day, just read that for yourself and just assure yourself the fact that God is so good and he's on your side. Have an outlook that he cares and he wants what's best for us. That's what he wants. I found this little thing and I thought was pretty interesting talking about Psalm 23. Um, Charlton Heston, and you guys know him, he's an old actor. He tells a great story when he was invited as a guest of honor at this elite gathering in Washington, D.C., And he was asked to recite the 23rd Psalm before all the guests that happened to include Billy Graham. And he said to the guests he would only do it if Billy Graham would recite it too. And Dr. Graham agreed. So this wonderful actor recited the words beautifully, with great dramatic flair. And the room broke out with loud applause. And then Billy Graham got up, and with his tired voice, he recited the psalm. But when he finished, it wasn't a dry eye in the room. And later on, Charlton Heston asked what made the difference. And he replied, I know the psalm, but Billy knows the shepherd. 
big difference. See, the thing is, we speak out of the overflow of our hearts. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe that he has died for you, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be able to, like, refresh yourself in his word. You're going to be able to refresh yourself by just saying, God, help me today. I need your help. I can't battle this on my own. You're going to refresh yourself in that. This belief and trust in the, in the shepherd is what's going to get you through. So I just want to challenge you to start living better every day. I want to challenge you the fact that when someone says, or, how are you today, you don't say good and believe it because you're not. You're not good. You're never going to be good. You can only become better to strive to become your very best. All right, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you are so willing to accept us who are so imperfect. And we're thankful, Father, that you offer a better plan than what this world has to offer. And we love you so much, and we just ask, Father, that you just help us to stay in sight of you. Help us not to go too far, too fast, and lose sight of you, but help us to keep us close, Lord, to you, our shepherd. We love you so much, and we thank you for everything that you have for us. And Lord, we just ask that you just help us to just trust in you that you're going to make us to have a better every day. We thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen.